0: Harvard came out with a study at the end of 2021 that said this, the number one indicator of a child's mental health is the mental health of their parents. Yeah. And I had this aha moment. Hey, I can reach my audience, men, Christian men, Christian women, I can reach them by reaching their kids. And we put together a workshop that is a two hour workshop for parents where I guarantee them that I will give them five practical Uh, ways that they can begin to spend five minutes a day five days a week connecting god's power to their kids issues Uh, and that they will see progress
1: hi this is paul lewis cole you're listening to brave men this is probably one of the most vulnerable interviews i've ever done with anyone toby slough is a, a remarkable man and with me now is our producer bryce who worked with Pastor Toby mm-hmm. for many years at Cross Timbers Church in Argyle, Texas, mm-hmm. leading worship. Leading worship, right? Yeah, he's a remarkable man. He was a, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll never be able to thank him enough for what he meant to you in your life through a time of healing. Right. Because that's kind of what he's about.
2: Right, yeah. Um, it's interesting. He, you know, when, so my meeting Toby uh, was, after my wife had passed away yeah, and I had never heard of the guy, didn't know him. And in fact, the only reason I had gone to, uh, be at the church was because I had a friend working there and the relationship just developed into me coming on staff there. But the reason I came on staff was, uh, not because I loved the church, but because I loved Toby's message. And I said, Hey, I can follow that guy because Mm. like you just said, vulnerable is what he was and i at that time i didn't need someone who would tell me every great thing that is going to be better about my life going forward he told me that it's that it's okay to not be okay Mm. you know that that it was just wild hearing a pastor not tell me that it was just automatically the silver lining he didn't just put the silver lining on he said hey yeah there's a lot of Great
1: cloud. And it wasn't just that in, in like a staff meeting or a hallway catch-up. Mm-hmm. It's from the platform. Right. Right. right? He was, and, and you can go online and uh, find Toby Slough, S-L-O-U-G-H. We'll go through more of that and uh, his, his book that actually has become uh, kind of what he does now, now that he's passed off the church, founded a great church. Mm-hmm. I remember Pastor Toby. I remember Toby. Uh, I don't even know if if, uh, we talked much about this, but I remember him being part of a prayer group in South Lake, Texas, Mm-mm. and he was praying and I was there and he was praying about starting this church up in Argyle. That's interesting. Yeah. And <laughs> has something. Yeah. I was there. It was, uh, Dave Whittington and some other guys. And, uh, cause, well, cause he was a church
2: of Christ yeah. pastor. And what happened with him is that he got radically, yeah. uh, fully uh, anointed yeah. and in yeah. the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And, got bumped out of the church he was at dude got fully bumped uh he tells the story about um about how how it happened and he was picking his kid up from summer camp that his kid just went on with the school with the church that he was on staff at wow and found out that day and picked up his kid and they never went back just crying
1: you know wow yeah yeah so now in 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 this interview, he talks about his dealing with mental health. Mm-hmm. So he wrote this book for children that actually is was his own journey. It's called Be a Goby. In fact, there's a uh, Be a Goby G O B Y. You'll you'll hear about it in the interview. Beagoby And uh, this is the kind of man I like hanging with because he's real, he's enjoyable. He's he's always like um, he's upbeat, but he's real. Like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, you know, been a little. He'll tell you what his day was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, a man full of hope, full of life, full of Jesus and, uh, Toby Slough is a great, uh, one. And by the way, let me just add this also, Bryce has been producing season five. Yes. Of the brave man podcast. I'm fired up about it. We're just a few shows into it. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't know how many people we
2: want to tell that just yet, you know, we'll let, uh, (laughs) if it's good, then I did it.
1: Then it's you. (laughs) If it wasn't, ah, yeah, you know, PC. Then this conversation never happened. We're going to lose this. Well, uh, you'll be able to erase it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wipe this from the (laughs) interwebs. The, uh, Be A Gobi actually is this uh, incredible book and, and a series of books and videos, uh, for mental health for children, but it really relates his own journey. Uh, to confidence, courage, and compassion. And how do you do that in a child? How do you help uh, a child who's lonely? Which is four out of 10 children say they feel lonely. Mm. I mean, this is That's amazing. Staggering. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Matlock told me recently, he said, he said every day in the United States, 500 children are admitted into some sort of care because of anxiety or stress disorder. mm I mean, think about that. So now if we access things like what Toby's done here and listening to this interview, you know, I go through the whole thing of how to get a hold of them and all that. But if you access that and actually help, like if you're a grandparent, what a thing to get for your children to, you know, for their grandchildren, for your grandchildren. And if you're a parent, uh, I mean, really, in one sense, if you're just a dude, you know, to watch some of Toby's videos... And go, you know what? I can relate to that, and and um, and like you said, he—it's not like one, two, three, sl- salt. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, salt.
2: Yeah, it's a journey. You know,
1: it's a yeah, it's a journey, man. Yeah, absolutely. And he's—he talks. He's very vulnerable about when some stuff tipped over, and uh, so fired up about uh, Brave Men and uh, season five and Toby Slough, and we've got so many great guests. Already had a couple great ones with Robbie and mm-hmm. and uh, you know the other guys that have been on you know with car crazy and yeah that guy uh got some anyway. other good ones coming up. Yeah, we got up. some good ones coming up yeah uh, stay tuned to this space <laughs> don't go away in yeah. fact what, what do we need to do we need to go on there we
2: need to subscribe yeah like and follow like um, that's right follow. You follow on spotify and subscribe apple Podcasts. All also we're on all the platforms now which is really yeah, exciting you, brian
1: boyd yeah. uh alexa yeah, yeah. like you... the other day i got this alexa thing right I alexa
2: play brave men
1: Probably in the background,
2: I think. Yeah. I didn't know you had. A, I have one here in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize Sorry. that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> for Dude, those of you who didn't great. hear
2: that, we just had Alexa yeah. uh,
1: Started to play Brave yeah, Men. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. and this is a production of the Christian Men's Network, Brave Men is. And I'm I'm really thrilled you're along for the ride. Uh, do subscribe to it because that helps put us on more places. Uh, all the algorithms, it'll expand it, put it in front of more people, right? YouTube as well. YouTube, mm-hmm. all that. So we got some video stuff coming up. We're doing, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. fantastic stuff. Yeah. Nancy Houston, Larry Ross, on and on. Yeah. But this is Toby Slough. And Toby, what a remarkable man. You're going to enjoy this time on Brave Men with Toby Slough. Talking with to Toby Slough and Toby, you wrote a book called Be a Gobi. And, uh, and then that became like a beagoby.com thing. And, and all of a sudden this thing blew up, but it, it's a children's book, but it seems like you're having incredible effect on men and women, parents.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. You know, I originally wrote a book called not yet, and it was a book for adults. And it was all the things I had learned in my 20 plus year journey of after being diagnosed with an anxiety and panic disorder, And as I wrote the last chapter, I wrote about this little fish called a goby fish that swims upstream uh, off the big island of Hawaii. And as it gets toward the waterfalls in the middle of that swim, its bottom jaw grows out. And, you know, when the Bible, you know this, when the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, it's much more than, hey, look how big God is. It is, if you want to see how his kingdom works that you cannot see, look at the kingdom he created you can and I felt like that, that story, that Gobi was a story in my life, that the very wow. thing that I had run from for so long was the very thing that shaped me. So wow. I told the story of at the end of the book. And as I released the book, I, 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 literally went on to YouTube. It's crazy. And learned how to draw a cartoon fish by watching. No, you did not. No, I did. Yeah, that's awesome. So I get up on the stage with five big board, you know, poster boards. And yeah. I tell the story of this little fish. I name him Toby because rhymes with goby sounded like Jesus to me. And, <laughs> and this, the story really was, Hey, you can do hard things. Cause God is with you. I think we're, our kids are victims. I think that there's no resilience because we're removing the resistance and we're either telling them, hey, it's not hard, or hey, let me do it for you because it's too hard. Instead of, yeah. you can do hard things because God is with you, but you have to keep your eyes on the sun, number two. And number three, help others along the way, and that's how you're going to get healed. And so COVID hit a month later. We uh, we decided during COVID that we would, you know, Paul, we said, hey, let's let's write a book. My daughter-in-law is an illustrator. She's very gifted and done work for major yeah. Companies around the country, and so we wrote the book, and it went crazy. And because during COVID, as you know, the stats say that among our kids, that uh, anxiety, depression, generally feeling overwhelmed by life, they're all time highs. And it, the book exploded, and I fought it because I was like, no, I'm not a yeah. kid's book guy. I wrote an adult yeah. book. I put yeah, yeah, yeah. together Wait things for parents.
1: Wait a minute. I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm a, I've am a. I'm got all these degrees. We've got all this stuff. I've been spoken to all these conferences, and I'm going to be known for writing a children's book.
0: Exactly. I, that was not my plan <laughs> yeah. until Harvard came out with a study at the end of 2021 that said this the number one indicator of a child's mental health is the mental health of their parents. Yeah. And I had this aha moment. Hey, I can reach my audience, men, Christian men, Christian women, I can reach them by reaching their kids. And we put together a workshop that is a two hour workshop for parents where I guarantee them that I will give them five practical uh, ways that they can begin to spend five minutes a day, five days a week, connecting God's power to their kids' issues, uh, and that they will see progress. Wow,
1: I think I think that's uh, okay. Uh, and I want to uh, get into this a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's fascinating to me because in the book, not yet, uh, you describe that the Toby the Goby thing happened. Because in the book, Not Yet, you describe one of your greatest fears is drowning.
0: Yes. Yes. I grew up 15 minutes from the beach. And when I was seven years old, a family friend drowned at the beach. And I found out right before I went to bed. And I had, I was an overthinker, still am. And oh. I laid there and started thinking about what it would feel like to drown. And as we were watching this happen in culture, you know, the more you consider something to be a possibility, mm. the more in your heart it becomes a reality. Yeah, and I went to sleep that night, as crying, asking God to help me not drown. Please help me, Lord. Please don't let me drown. Having no idea that when I was, you know, twenty, it'd be for the next fifty years of my life, it'd be the number one prayer I'd pray. Wow. When almost thirty years ago, I was diagnosed with anxiety, panic disorder. The best way I know to describe it to people who've never experienced that is you feel like you're drowning and you have no control. Wow! And so I had to learn. I had I had to learn personally. You know, here's the deal. I think that we have to remember, Paul, is like when I was struggling, I didn't need a sermon. I needed a strategy. Come on, right? I didn't need to be exhorted. I yeah. needed to go.
1: Okay, how do I get through tomorrow? Yeah, this this is good. Uh, okay, so Job uh, chapter three. Job says, you know, the thing that I most feared has overtaken me. Yes. So in other words, the thing I focused on, right, right, and so focus is is uh, focus is derived out of out of cutting away the things don't that don't belong. So that's right. how you focus in a positive way, but in a negative way, what it means is you basically put things that are healthy for you off to a sidebar and let this thing take over. And yet, uh, friends of mine who deal with panic attack and things like that will tell me. It wasn't something, you know, I didn't want to do this. Right. Not something I wanted to do. I wasn't trying to think about it. Right. When did, how did this uh, happen? I'm talking with Toby Slough and uh, books, not yet uh, normal. I am, which is a journal for health. And then uh, beagobi.com is the, and that's G-O-B-Y, G-O-B-Y, beagobi.com. But where did this happen? Now you've been married 39 years. Yes. You've, you're the legacy pastor of Cross Timbers, a great church in Argyle, Texas, multi-campus church. Uh, you you actually went through this remarkable transition in life, coming out of a previous denomination, moving into a whole different type of fullness ministry. So, uh, in the midst of all this, you get did anxiety happen, or did you just discover it, or did you know what I mean? Or is yeah. it like somebody finally identified what you've been dealing with your whole life?
0: Yeah. Think about it, Paul. It's like 28, 29 years ago wow. Uh when I sat up in my bed in the middle of one night and I was breathing hard, my hands were shaking, I was sweating. There wow. was no what what they would call in today's world precipitating event. There was no reason I was leading a church that had, had quadrupled in growth. I had my marriage was great. I had two young kids. I, I I had never heard the word anxiety, depression. I didn't know anybody who'd ever seen a counselor. The only word I'd ever heard was nervous breakdown.
1: Yeah, nervous breakdown, or as, or as they say in, in Texas, where, where you live and where I live now, uh, suck it up buttercup.
0: Yeah, and that yeah. was what I had grown up with. And so I yeah. sit up in the bed and I feel like I'm having a heart attack. Wow. And I get up and start walking the hall of my house just trying to walk it off. Yeah. And what and for 17 days after my wife went to sleep, I would wake up and walk the hall of my house until 6 a.m. Oh, wow. trying to wear myself out and
1: get back in bed
0: before six so that she wouldn't know that I was struggling.
1: Wow. So this was a this was a secret battle you were doing at this point. Well, sure,
0: because Again, as a little boy, when I convinced Mm -hmm. myself I was going to drown, I had a thought pattern, a way I thought. Mm -hmm. And as I walked the hall, I convinced myself she would leave me. The church would fire me. Wow. I mean, the worst thing that could happen was anybody know what I was going through. Yeah. And so the panic attacks had nothing to do with what I was thinking, but the thinking that came after the panic attack is what started to get me. Wow. Huh. You see, we don't understand yeah, yeah. in today's world, we talk about depression, anxiety, hey, th- there's chemical issues, there's family of origin issues, there's, excuse me, just the way that God wires you issues that make you susceptible. It's not the issue, it's what you begin to believe and focus on when the issue comes is what takes us out.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's let's just say, for instance, I've got uh, any, a problem, uh, and it may be, let's say, as a business guy, you know, we got a lot of men listening right now, and, and you've got to make a decision about an employee, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, man, you're going to have to separate this employee from your uh, workplace. Uh, he's no longer going to work for you. That's a as an employer, that's a tough thing to do because you're you're thinking about this stuff. Now I could think about it in a real rational way and and apply myself to that and just look at the reality and then that's just it. But if I'm but if I'm susceptible to the anxiety thing, then all of a sudden I'm thinking what happens next? What happens out of that? then I start connecting dots to dots that don't even exist. correct. And it, and I don't mean to do it, right? No, it's part of the way I'm wired.
0: Yeah. There's lots of folks who, who come to me and say, Hey, I, I have a problem. I'm anxious. And I, I say, well, tell me what's going on. Well, my wife got a bad you know diagnosis from the doctor and yeah, there's a possibility I'm going to get laid off. And my answer is you ought to be anxious. Like don't apologize for being human. <laughs> the question is what are you going so- to do with the anxieties that's coming?
1: That is so normative. That is really good.
0: Well, the fact of the matter is, Paul, I grew up in a tradition where I received. Here's what I received. I received that bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. And it was never said, but it's what I assumed. And so I thought I was being punished, Mm. right? I thought my anxiety was a punishment. And well, here's how smart the devil is. The devil knows that my only source of hope in the middle of that is Jesus Christ. Mm. If he can cut me off from Jesus Christ, if he can get me to move away from the power of Jesus because I feel shame and condemnation, he's Mm. got me. He's got me completely where he wants me because he has eliminated any chance for me to get better, any chance for me to renew my mind, any chance for me to confess my you know, my struggle to someone to talk, tell someone where I am, not where I should be. Uh, and so in that isolation, what happens to these thoughts in isolation, they get bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger and they get yeah. more and more power. And that's where I was living. It's you
1: know, so this is a men's podcast. So I think I can share this, but, uh, it reminds me of the truck driver. Once I, years ago, when we first got married, I worked in construction and I had a truck driver pull some stuff up and, and I said to him, I said, uh, hey, when's the next truck coming? He said, I don't know, man. Just call me a mushroom. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, they keep me in the dark and cover me with crap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what that's what that feels like. And that's exactly what you're describing. Yep. That's and so how did you so you're walking around for 17 days. Mm-hmm. Where did where did this thing tip? Did you tell a friend Did to tell uh, your wife? Did you? how, how did you navigate this? This is cause you're still pastoring. Yes. Yes. Successful. Stuff's happening.
0: Yes. It was, uh, that's a crazy part of the journey, but the, wow. the, the, the tipping point for me was wh- what, what do you do if you're a pastor who is convinced that you're going to lose your job, your family, mm-hmm. and that it's your fault, uh, what do you do? And so I, I, was got in my pickup truck and was driving toward Fort Worth here in the Metroplex on I-35 and decided I'm going to run into a bridge abutment and take my life. And no one will know I did it on purpose. Wow. And uh, so at the last moment, I feel like the Lord showed me, gave me a picture. It was as clear a picture as I've ever seen. And it was my wife telling my seven-year-old little girl that daddy wasn't coming home. Oh, and it made me swerve. I just said, I, I I literally, I can't do this. And I swerved. And that moment scared me so badly that I went home and did the very thing that men need to do, which is the thing they don't want to do, which is tell the truth. And yeah. I told my wife about this struggle and this secret that I'd held for 17 days and told her that I didn't know if I was going to make it. And that was the day that everything nothing changed and everything started changing for me is what i like to say found a christian counselor began to work through some of these thought patterns and ways that i looked at the world uh and that began me on my quest to to discover a power beyond myself it's where i really met the holy spirit i mean god he used it to you know, knowledge isn't going to get you through that. You're going to need right. some power greater than you.
1: Yeah. So now as a pastor, that had to have added such a large dimension. And of course, I've been to Cross Timbers. You know, my son, Bryce, was a music minister there for a number of years, uh, four years. And uh incredible time for him as he healed. And you were amazing, Toby. You and your, your team and wife were so incredible to him as he healed from the death of his wife. And uh the passing to the arms of Jesus, but she's not here, you know? it's uh, And so that was amazing. That had to have started adding a dimension, but how do you, how do you practically, okay, let me just fast forward. Okay. So that's 28, 29 years ago. Yes. We talk about stuff now. We didn't talk about it 29 years ago. We did not. Okay. So now you and other brave men and women have, if you will, made the conversation normative to where I can go to someone and say, hey, I'm dealing with these things. Uh, And then let me sidebar this just a bit. I read a stat that 67% of the high school students in America could be clinically diagnosed with an anxiety disorder.
0: Yes, uh, the AMA came out and said, for the first time in our history, mental health challenges surpassed physical health challenges for adolescent male and females in our country today. Wow,
1: and that's huge. So, yeah, 500 students
0: a day, 500 are being admitted to the hospital for Wait, mental so health. Say issues. that
1: again. I stepped on that. Say it again. What was 500 that? 500 kids
0: a day are being admitted, not seeking treatment not i need some help admitted into the hospitals for mental health issues today in our country in the united
1: states of america yes and i would have to say that that uh we've got a lot of friends listening all over the world i would have to say it's got to be parallel in most particularly western nations oh 100% and right. you know i i uh,
0: we released this book in spanish and and i released it in costa rica and the stats there mirror the stats of the United States. And it's true around the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And and we deal with the same issues. You know, fatherlessness, yep. a leading indicator of poverty uh, in every culture of the world. And it's also one of the core issues of mental health and stability for children.
0: Yep, for sure. Right? And dads, unhealed dads have neither the, the, neither the, uh, equipping, they haven't been equipped mm. to break some of that generational pattern in their life. And their your kids, as you know, I mean, my father will be 90 this next year. I am becoming him. It's in my DNA yeah. for, for good and for bad. I am becoming yeah. my father and our kids are becoming their fathers because they never dealt with any of the father wound issues and any of their emotional issues growing up, because we grew up in the don't be a baby generation.
1: Yeah. Well, you you know, we deal with that thing, John twenty, where Jesus said, you know, those sins that you release are released, those sins you retain are retained. John 20, 21, 22 and twenty-three. And and the for me that speaks of the wounds, the unforgiveness, the places of Uh, bitterness, whatever it may be, in particular with father wounds that are undealt with, we retain them. And so you want, people always say, well, how how did, you know, why does the son of an alcoholic become an alcoholic when he hated it so much? Well, it's because it became the center of his heart. And, and uh, Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart because out of your heart comes your life. We become those things we hold in our heart. And I, You know, our sharing with men with Christian Men's Network is always that your hands will end up doing what you put in your heart. Yes. Religion changes your hands, hoping to touch your heart. Government changes you, tries to modify your hands to touch your heart. Yes. But it's only Christ. And what you said a few moments ago when you talked about this healing journey that you went on, finding Christ in the midst of crisis. So, It is uh, what we put in our Psalm 119, verse 11, uh, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin. Uh, We can go right on down the line of of the pictures over and over and over where the Word of God talks about a man's heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, So, it comes back to that. So, how do I, you know, I've got, we've got friends listening right now. How do I take a step in the right direction? This is an amazing story. I want to get back to a couple of things about the interaction between you and your wife, but, but right now I'm listening. I'm working out wherever I'm, whatever I'm doing right now. How do I take the first step, Toby, towards the healing place that I know I want to be, but I'm, I'm afraid to touch it. You know, I mean,
0: how do I do that? that, That's that place where, you know
1: you have to tell
0: the truth to someone else okay that's the thing we're the most terrified about yeah see we were designed to be fully loved and we're terrified about being fully known but the Mm. message of the gospel is you can't be fully loved until you're fully known wow and so so you 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 have to tell the truth about where you are not where you want to be to someone else and people say all the time to me well I'm 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 terrified that if I do, that this person will reject me or shame me and I will say they might. but it's I can tell you what's worse is holding on to that secret because it will keep you sick. You cannot you'll never find free the freedom Jesus offers, which by the way, is not what we think it is. Freedom is not the absence of anxiety. Freedom is finding Jesus in the middle of anxiety.
1: Wow. There you go. So, because you wrote, you've written about peace and coming to a place of peace, which is one of the things about Gobi. So, peace is not the absence of conflict, but Christ in the middle of the conflict.
0: Exactly. Peace is, if you look at Jesus, when it says he's the Prince of Peace, and he came to bring peace, there's all kinds of crazy, I mean, the things that Where he goes and what happens around him, we would not consider in human terms peaceful. I mean, (laughs) all hell and all heaven broke out where he went. But the reason he, the peace he brought was the assurance that God was for him, working for him on his behalf, that he was loved. That's where peace comes from. Peace does not come from having the answers. Peace comes from I don't get this,
1: but I know God loves me and I know he's trying to do good in my life. Even if I don't like it, this is so good. You're listening to Toby Slough, my friend, who uh, has a, is legacy pastor of uh, Cross Timbers. Built a you and your wife and uh, team built a tremendous church. It's a healing church. It is that kind of place. And now you're you're working on helping. I noticed you were on Sam Chan's uh, podcast. You've been on uh, with with uh, Greg Surratt, number of different people, and you're just getting the message out of healing. And Be A Gobi is is uh, your website, Be a Gobi, Goby, G-O-B-Y, B-A-Goby.com, which uh, for kids and children and families and it's a healing place. And then you've got the book, uh, the journal towards healing called I Am, which yes. is available on uh, Amazon and Kindle and all that stuff. And uh, so my thing is, uh, okay, let's go back to this. You've got to tell somebody, um I I think that's huge. This is why we talk about brotherhood all the time with Christian men's network is that you've got to have someone, you can just say, Hey bro, I'm dealing with this thing. You know? So that's the first thing, right? You've got to get to that. And then, so basically what you're saying is self-help the self-help section of the bookstore is not going to work.
0: It is not going to work. Trust me. I've tried it. (laughs) It will not work. self-help. Here's the thing about change that nobody wants to hear. Yeah, It's harder than you think, and it takes longer than you think. Mm. And Jesus is still walking into our world and saying, do you want to be well? Will you pay the price to be well? Will you tell the truth? And will you develop new ways of, according to Paul, renewing your mind? Paul was neuroplasticity before anybody knew the word. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Romans 12, too. Right. And so it's like Jesus is teaching us how to think Mm. and that at its core, I mean, I don't want to run off on a tangent here, Paul, but at its core, you name me an issue that our culture faces. And I will tell you at its core, it's an identity issue. It's about identity. It's about how I feel in the moment. I, I don't feel like a conqueror, but yet the my position in the kingdom, according to God is he made me a conqueror. I have hundreds of men, hundreds of men who stand in lines at the end of these services when I'm signing books Mm -hmm. and they say this to me in some form or fashion, you know, my dad told me I was a loser. My dad told me I'd never amount to anything and, and I've never gotten past it. And I'll tell every one of them the same thing. Hey, I'm sorry that happened. But your dad was wrong and he doesn't have the right to define you. The only one that can define you is the one that created you. You are who he says that you are, not who your father says that you were. And so I think that the the journey is about building muscle memory around your identity. It was for me. It was taking 40 statements that said, here's who I am. See, in today's world, here's what's happening to our kids. Our kids are being told that if they have a position in the kingdom, if they are, uh, they can do all things through Christ that strengthens them. That they uh, they are more than a conqueror, but they don't feel it at the moment. The what culture saying is lower your position to match your condition, which is makes you sicker. Yeah. When Jesus says no, raise your how you raise your condition is you step into your position in the kingdom. And so I'm trying to do everything I can for men and for to help men and help their kids begin to build muscle memory around the concept of here are 40 things that God said about me that are true, whether I feel them or not.
1: Yeah. Now that's at the end of the book on uh, Be agobi. Mm-hmm. You've got that on the website and you've got tools. You've got identity cards. Tell me about those. Yeah, these are the four, these 40 statements,
0: and I wrote them in kind of modern language for kids yeah. and for adults, honestly. And they're the 40 statements from the Bible about who God says that they are. And we've built these tools where parents and kids can talk about them together. They can pick one for the week. They can put them on their mirror in their bathroom. They can write them on, you know, if they're high school kids and parents, we're going to write the same one on a sticky note, and we're going to Every day we're going to say it, and then once a week we'll get together and talk about why that's hard to believe or how that's helped us. And so it's just building muscle memory in our kids uh, about who God says that they are. But, you know, the co- the covert, what I'm trying to do, it, I, I say it's an agenda. It's not hidden, but it's I'm trying to get this dad to build his identity. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, a kid is not looking for a principle, yeah. man. He's looking for a picture. Pictures yeah. are what changes kids and when dads begin to read these with their kids guess what they start believing that they are who god says that they are yeah. and now we're going now here now we're talking paul generational change this is how things get broken off and kids yeah. get set free cuz they they see their dads getting set free
1: yeah come on man that's so good you know the uh you know you talked about harvard uh i maybe that was uh, off just before we got on and you talked about a Harvard study that had talked about mental health. Yes. Right. Which, which said what? Which said that
0: the number one indicator of a child's mental wellness or mental health is the mental health of their parent or primary caregiver. And that's when the light went off that, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, when I have an event, I had an event a few weeks ago, you know, we traveled about 80% of the time. Yeah. And I had an event where there were 500 people, uh, parents there for this event, this, this workshop. And, and I, I looked around the room and I said to them, I, my guess is 50 of you would have been here if it was a, if it was a workshop for you, about 50 of you have showed up. But for your kids, 500 of you have shown up because you know that fidget spinners and weighted blankets are getting it done with your kids. And that that's how we're reaching Moms and dads is by you know, I don't I, I want to help kids, Paul. I really do, but my yeah. differentiating factor, I feel like, is I'm equipping parents.
1: Yeah. I want no, parents a, to get no, back man, to doing we, this work. Yeah, we're right on that. We're right on that thing. I I love that little line. What's the what's that thing called? The fidget, what is it? A fidget spinner and a weighted blanket. That's what everybody's <laughs> using, a using a and they're going, blanket. guess what? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Bottom line. And so you change the heart of a man, you change the picture a child sees. And, and I love that whole piece because we don't think in uh, hieroglyphics, we think in images. Yes. And, uh, and I believe that when God says that uh, we're made in His image uh, and He's our Father, that that identity piece is what every father is supposed to do for his children. Yes. But if He doesn't have that centered in Himself— there, there it's that's why we talk about fluidity. Yes. Or even if he is dis, disengaged because he
0: is distant or distracted, mm. I have dads tell me not I'm take the other side of it. Oh, my kid's going to be fine. You know, I was fine. My kid's going to be fine. Well, the problem is, sir, is that everybody is trying to tell your kid what makes him valuable. Everybody's trying to tell your child what his worth is and who he is. If like God gave you this kid for you to let him know. Yeah. Who you, he is?
1: Yeah. If you don't help shape him, somebody at the world somebody will somebody is shaping him right now. How did you how did you walk that through with your wife um 28 years ago as this thing sort of now you're starting to see these little pieces and you and you told her, got a Christian counselor. How did how did you guys walk that through to create? this atmosphere of health?
0: You know, it it was hard. And the hard part was I had been, you know, the stereotypical family of, hey, I'm supposed to be the strong one. Mm. And I look back now and say the marking moment of my my marriage, of 39 years was for a year. I needed her strength more than she needed mine. And it drove her to her knees. She 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 would say if she was here today, people ask her all the time, How did you help him? And she said, I got on my knees and I was got desperate for God to give me power beyond myself. Wow. And so God used that for her. For me, it was learning that man, leaning upon her, that like she was that we were together in this thing. We were, and that I needed her as much as I needed my as she needed me was a good part of our marriage. And so all the tools that we use, the 40 IMs and all that was stuff that I built or we built together through the years.
1: So rather than tearing things apart, which is the fear that all of us would have in terms of exposure. Yes. Because as men, you know, we cover our private parts. Yes. And we do that physically and, you know, mentally, emotionally. So, uh, so in that, as you, as you, became real and authentic and open it didn't make the marriage uh weaker it didn't drive you apart it actually made it stronger
0: yes it made it stronger and guess what my greatest fear beyond my marriage were my kids like yeah. my own children and both of my kids work for me in gobi today when my really? daughter began to struggle <laughs> the first person she called was me, not the, (laughs) like our kids think more of us, not less of us when we at an appropriate age level share and ask them to pray for us. You know how many times my kids put their hands on me and prayed for me as, and it's high school kids because I was having, I was struggling. You know, I was, I was battling some of this and my, it was actually the opposite. My marriage was stronger. It was harder, but it was stronger And my kids' relationship is better because I I did not hide this and tried to be open with them about the journey I was on.
1: You gotta do the hard work. Tell me what identity is. What's identity then? How do we define that, Toby?
0: Identity is defined by who did God create you to be. Okay. Not what am I what am I current not what am I currently experiencing? Hmm. definitely not what am I feeling right now. Right. Uh, It it is based upon who does God clearly in scripture say that I am. And I have, that's how I let what I know control how I'm feeling instead of letting what I'm feeling control what I'm knowing. Come on. So it's a constant going back to that. I've done research on muscle memory and how you build muscle memory and muscle muscle memory gets built. Lasting muscle memory in small intervals done consistently over time. Yeah. That's how you build muscle memory. So that's why for me, there's not a day goes by that I don't have one of those cards. Uh you know, we now, if you go to our website, beagoby.com, we'll give them to you free, the digital a digital version, because it's on my phone. If you wow. looked at my phone right now, it says this: I have more strength than I think I have. Wow. Cause I need to remember it every day. And so every day I'm going to build that muscle memory and it's going to feel like when I, when you begin guys, it's going to feel like nothing's happening. It's just, it's, right. it's going to feel like, not, it's going to be like the first time you went to the gym and you're like, that was harder than I thought. And nothing yeah. happened.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, and, and frankly, uh, I grew up in church, uh, and did you grow up in church, Toby?
0: Yes. Grew up in a very yeah. conservative uh, denomination where we were three-time-a-weekers, man. Yeah,
1: three-time-a-weekers. I was a three-time-a-weeker whether I wanted to or not. Exactly. And, and uh, But what I kind of got taught was, okay, uh, God's the answer to everything. Jesus is the answer. Boom, pray, done. Boom, pray, done. And if it's right. not boom, pray, done, then you just didn't have faith. Right. Man, how do we counter that?
0: Well, it take it takes no it takes no faith to boom, pray, done. What it takes faith to do is yeah. boom, pray, and 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 gain an inch. Yeah, because God's not a magician. More. No, it's yeah. it's you know when Paul talks about running with perseverance, the race marked out for us, mm. it's putting. Sometimes I used to run marathons. The secret to run a marathon is putting one foot in front of the other again and again and again. again. Wow. And so you have to trust that, you know, I'm sounding like Krzyzewski in basketball, but you have to trust the process. Yeah, It's like, is this spiritual principle true or not? It is true. But I would rather have something that I know to be true, written uh, by God in my life than the latest fad that's out there. I, You know, yeah. that's not going to bring me, you know ultimately what I'm looking for
1: I'll tell you in our Instagram world man everything is instant like they, like there's so many coaches that like I can get you to this I can do this I can do that and it's a bunch of BS you know you mentioned Krzyzewski trust the process it made me think of the the new trust the process is Dion oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. he may have got me hey he, he uh he definitely has a platform. I'm telling you, man. I like that guy, and I, I like coaches like him. This guy with Washington now, University of Washington. Yeah, and, and some of these other uh, coaches. I. in this a little sidebar thing. I think if uh, my belief, Toby, is that if the church, speaking in in general, if the church raised up sports coaches, like if we raised up six hundred thousand men who were who were uh, coaching. Little League and Pop Warner and and seventh grade football and all that stuff, we could heal a bunch of the stuff that's happening in our country right there.
0: Oh, yeah, because we we would we have more influence, you know. When cross that's, that's who kids were. Yeah,
1: yeah, when cross members started
0: really growing, I had yeah. these young church planners would come in like in year three and four, and they'd seen our growth and say, What's the secret? What, tell me one thing to do? And I would say, Go coach youth sports. Wow! Go be a coach in e-sports. That's what I did, and I met more people and gained more influence, and 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 was able to share more of the gospel without saying a word about the gospel. Yeah, by just loving on their kids and teaching their kids things.
1: My son uh, Brandon, who pastors C3 Fort Worth, just finished, I think, his fourth season of coaching baseball. And of course, uh, he'd want me to say they went ten and zero, but. You know, <laughs> But there's just something about it. I did the same thing. What's interesting is he's actually coaching with uh, men that I coached that friends of mine and I coached in the same in Colleyville baseball
0: the wow. same baseball
1: fields. They're nicer now. yeah. I mean we used to have to rake them ourselves and pick up rocks and all that stuff. and anyway, you know here's a here's another thing you mentioned this and I know Brene Brown has popularized it in some ways and other people have spoken to it. Uh, really well. And I think it's something though that hits us as men so deeply is that guilt is is knowing I made a mistake, but shame, my, this is just my definition, Toby. Guilt is knowing you made a mistake, but shame is believing you are the mistake.
0: Yes. yes. How do we
1: deal with shame? How do I get past that to take the first step to even make this the call, the talk?
0: Yeah, again, shame is is this core issue that drives us into this deeper place. And so, the first thing I would say is you have you have to recognize the voices in your life. Mm. You, you have to learn to recognize the voices in your life, and you cannot do that in isolation. It's in, um, it's impossible, mm. almost impossible, to do it in isolation. It has to be like when when you say, "Man, I need God to encourage me." When I pray for God to encourage me, it's always another believing man that speaks a, uh, an encouraging word to me, right?
1: Yeah, yeah it's true. And so the
0: thing is, I've got to get around some people that are speaking life. Mm. I've got to say to them, hey, I'm struggling. And when I struggle, here's the lie I believe about myself, which, by the way, is debilitating. It was debilitating for me to look at a man and say, man, I just don't think I deserve good things. Wow. But when you tell the truth about where you are, not where you ought to be, now I have men who say, hey, you need to enjoy this. Remember, God created your life for you to enjoy your life. Mm. And you need to quit self-sabotaging because, remember, you were created for good things. You have a seat at the table. And as men start speaking this over other men, shame begins to come off of you. And shame comes off of me because I am fully known and fully loved. Wow, that's where I find the relief of shame.
1: You know, to me, Toby, and, and you're a church planter, and with Christian Men's Network, our goal is to build uh, healthy men and uh, strong churches. And so, I I don't know any other place a man can go to find what you're talking about right now than a local church. I even and i i'm really into uh some of the online counseling i've done some stuff i've done it for others i love all that but there's this piece of touch yes that only happens within the matrix of a local church that to me toby is is uh i mean if somebody listening right now that's where you need to start and you can start that with your pastor he might lead you to one of the other men in the church uh, and now this conversation, because of the courage of men like yourself, Toby, who've spoken out of this for the last uh, couple decades, we're now able to have a normative conversation, if you will, with somebody. Else. Yes. So I think that's where it starts. make that make that call. Pastor, I need to get with you or or the uh, if you're in a larger church, it might be a minister that that speaks into emotional health for people, a uh, you know community pastor, that kind of thing and find that guy. Uh, if you're in a, a healthy church, you probably have one or two men you can call and have coffee with and go, hey, dealing with this thing. And then uh, it seems to me that the trained counselors, therapists, people who know how to ask the right questions and help navigate you and guide you is a, is a very worthwhile investment for a man to make. Yeah, I think it's one of
0: the most courageous, manly things we can do is mm. to find find help uh, to be as emotionally healthy as, as possible. Uh, you know, I, I have spent money I did not have as a young man mm. investing in counselors. Uh, and looking back, it's some of the greatest investment I ever made in my life. And wow. thank God that at, in our culture that it is shifting in Christian culture from that being a, like a sign of weakness, seeing a counselor, yeah. and it's shifting to, hey, this is a sign of sh- strength, but men still battle the whole. Oh, you know, none of us like to go to a doctor. <laughs> you uh, know, we're, we're uh, going to get over it. And the fact of the matter is, uh, we don't go into it until it's too late most of the time. And and I would say, man, finding a godly Christian counselor to help you navigate some of these issues that you're going through may, could be the most courageous life-altering decision of your life.
1: Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the phrase that, that we've often said, which is uh, men don't change until the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. Yeah. So uh, we have a tendency not to do that. I would say uh, to my friend who's listening right now, brother, you know, make the call, do the, do the next thing, you know, is the right thing to do. It might be uh, getting with your wife. And uh, it's like anything else, Toby, Uh, when we talk about emotional health and EQ and all these different things, I I believe the atmosphere is important. Uh, I wouldn't just call your wife in the middle of while you're driving from one project to another, go, Hey, by the way, (laughs) really, I got this thing. Got to go. You know, I, I think there has to be the right atmosphere. You don't mold, you know, dry clay. I think you have to set it up and say, Hey, after the kids go to sleep, You know, if you've got children in the house or or it might be, uh, you know, you bring home dinner if you're if you're married and bring home dinner and you just say, hey, I wanted to just sit and talk about something, you know, and you actually put your phone in your pocket (laughs) or the other room. Uh, It's uh, Mike Pence just wrote a book uh, called uh, Go Home, Go Home for Dinner. I think that's what it is. Come Home for Dinner. Go Home for Dinner. It's one of those. It's just the whole concept of how do you build something healthy? Right. You know, you have those conversations and you talk about Harvard. This is fascinating. Uh, you know, it, it's a longer story. I'll, I'll truncate it. But Harvard has no accreditation. Harvard's an unaccredited school. And the reason that it can be unaccredited, because all these colleges have accrediting associations, is that Harvard is Harvard. Right. So they don't need accreditation. So their accreditation is who comes out the other side. They had a a longer story. It's fascinating. Leonard Sweet told me this. And uh, so they started taking people in based on test scores and so forth and so on. Without any uh, looking at their character and what they found was what was coming out the other side wasn't good. What they discovered in all their underlying things is uh, healthier, emotionally, and uh, if you will, predicated towards success on the other side was a child that in their formative years had at least two meals a week with their family. Yes. Yes.
0: I was doing during as in Uvalde, Uvalde, the the school year beginning back, I was doing the circuit on these morning talk shows in some of our major cities because they all wanted to talk about how do we help our kids get ready to go to school. And in the very first one, out of the blue, this lady asked me, well, what's the one thing? If you could only give me one thing, what would it be? And I said, we need to recapture the power of the dinner table. And oh. it just came out. And I started talking about it doesn't matter if it's Domino's pizza, Taco Bell, doesn't matter. But a a s- sanctified time where phones are in the basket, TVs are off, and we're going to have a conversation. And the conversation is, what's the best thing going on in your life and what's keeping you up at night in whatever age appropriate you do that. And families begin to connect together. And there's a, there's this atmosphere created where Mm -hmm. this is a safe place for me to talk about where I'm struggling. I can talk about what keeps me up at night just as much as I can talk about what I'm the most excited about. And and all of a sudden you create this atmosphere in your home and it's why so many dads are struggling, you know, men are struggling talking to their wives because they've never seen it. It was never created. And what I'm saying is you can begin to create this, start with your wife. Like you said, Paul, it's a, it's a conversation in due season in the right moment, Yeah. but it's a, Hey, I just want you to, I just want you to know, because I care about you so much. I want you to know, that this is hard for me, and ask you to pray for me. Yeah. And I, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that can be a seed that is planted that 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 brings some great blessing into your life in every aspect of your marriage
1: for the next. And you got to do it years. on purpose. You got to do it on purpose, bro. Yeah. Right now, uh, you're listening to me and Toby uh, talking to Toby Slough. S L O U G H. So that if you're looking them up on Amazon for books, that's you know how to get it. Toby T O B Y S L O U G H Toby Slough, and uh, but as Toby and I are talking right now, you're thinking about this. What you have to do is make a decision and then follow through. Do it. This is not always the easiest. You know what's easy is not doing anything. You know what the result of that is is nothing. In fact, it's going to be debilitating. Yeah, right?
0: the the the, the truth. The hard truth is, for that guy that's listening to me right now, yeah. you have everything you need to be everything God called you to be. Everything. Huh. However, if you continue to do things the same way you've done them, expecting it to be different, that's insanity. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. If you're waiting on God to do something, I'm telling you, God is waiting on you. He will meet you in the middle and do more than you can ask or imagine but you you got to do the hard thing and sometimes look man i get it paul like my at the door with my hand on the handle wow my heart beating fast not because of anxiety because i was scared to death to tell my wife the truth yeah like that was the moment for me wow and it's
1: gonna be hard but you can do hard things god's with you you can do hard hard things you know, it's, it's Romans 12 too. If you want to change your life, you change the way you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a phrase I put in a in a book on identity is your system of thinking is perfectly designed to achieve the results you're now getting. 100%. That so is a result of yesterday's thinking. So you want to change tomorrow, change today. Toby Slows, who I've been talking with on uh, Brave Men, Christian Men's Network podcast. And... Uh, Dude, we we have to do this again, bro, because I, I want to take this. Uh I want to get some other tools from you. Yeah. Uh be a Gobi, G-O-B-Y, G-O-B-Y dot com. Uh, your children are working with you. You're traveling and speaking. Uh, all your contact info is on that website.
0: Yeah, it's all there. All of our there stuff's on the website there. You know, Paul, I'll just let me say this for I know we gotta wrap up, but. I'm sure Brass told you a little bit, you know, that was a painful journey out of my role as the lead pastor, as a founding pastor, because I love the local church so much. Mm. And what I have discovered is I'm having more fun helping local churches, Mm. because if I can equip pastors to equip their families, number one, we're watching people come to Christ because... Mm. This is the this is a Chicago fire of this generation, and when we sh- when we give practical ways to help, I, I love helping local pastors. I love it. It's why I love and appreciate what you guys do so much. The local church,
1: uh, it's still the hope of the world. And <laughs> it's the hope of the world. There's no question. Yeah. You know, Toby, I I had this guy. I'm I'm on this uh, you know social media stuff and whatever, and this guy's blown up real bigs and uh on instagram and he's just railing on the church and i'm like bro you do realize you're talking about somebody's bride right like like would you go would you talk would you let somebody talk about your wife like that i don't think so i think you're on dangerous ground and i think the church is uh in that sense is really easy cuz we we mess up all the time man we're just we're just so human right
0: you know <laughs> Yeah, we, are, we just, are human, but I, I'm human. just man. I want to just get that in. Just man, how much I believe in local church pastors and and uh, man, I'm I dream of the day that we get back to where the first place people go is to the local church. Come on, man. And if we'll like, if we'll if we'll get get down in the mud and do the hard work, which this is hard work, and help equip our families in this area, starting with our men, we're gonna see we're gonna see
1: a great harvest of it. Yeah, you change the heart of a man, you change the soul of a nation. I, I often say this at churches. I say, I'd love to see this church so, men of this church so on fire that everybody in this town says, you want your daughter to have a great husband? Right. You know, send send that daughter to C3, send that daughter to Cross Timbers, send that daughter, yeah, you know, because we're raising up these strong men. Toby Slough, thank you. Thank you for taking the time uh, uh, in investing in us and walking bravely and courageously through the journey that you walk through you and your wife uh, to help us where we're at today. And I'd like to do this. We don't always do this, but I think there are uh, probably a couple friends listening right now who are just trying to make that little pivot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do that. I'm going to, talk to my wife, or I'm going to call this friend of mine. You could be 18 years old, single, and 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 you need to talk to the minister of youth or whoever it may be. But right now you're listening to this, and and we just want to pray bravery and courage over you right now. Toby, would you do that for our friend?
0: Yes, Lord, I just thank you that you have given these men everything they need to be everything you've called them to be. And so in this yeah. moment, I would ask for a supernatural overflowing power of your holy spirit yeah to exhibit itself as courage and a step of faith believing lord that you're going to honor it and i thank you in advance for how you're going to use these men to break generational patterns and curses and ways of thinking in their family for years to come it's in jesus name i
1: pray amen amen and we trust jesus
0: yes
2: yes we do Brave Men is a production of Christian Men's Network, a global movement of men committed to passionately following Jesus on the ground in over 100 nations worldwide. You can receive the Brave Men motivational email, find books and resources for discipleship and parenting at cmn.men. That's cmn.men. Your host has been Paul Lewis Cole, president of Christian Men's Network. And if you haven't yet please make sure you subscribe to the brave Men podcast, wherever your fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for hanging with us today. We'll see you next time on brave men.